Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. I am Bad Gamer Crowley. And hello, I am Bad Gamer Bishop. Gamer Galore Garrick, I love the alliteration. Bad Gamer Joe. And I'm Bad Gamer Jason. Get good, scrubs. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a weekly gaming podcast made by gamers and for gamers. Retro games, reviews, news, and generally bad opinions brought to you by your hosts, Kat and Austin. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous. You are listening to episode 96. I'm your host, Kat, and with me as always are Caden and Austin. Now we knew it wouldn't be long before he missed us, so we would like to welcome back Jason. Hi, glad to be back. Glad to have you. I did miss you. So before we you. actually get... Sorry. I did miss you. Oh, We miss you too, buddy. Here's a big hug for you. I did miss you. Do you miss us just because you have to deal with uh, with Rob and, 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 and James? Oh, man. I just... I I miss a lot of bad things because I have to deal with those two over on Satis. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Apparently, we have Peter Griffin joining us. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, before we actually get into all the fun that we're about to have, uh, just a little bit of creative brain candy pimping. Uh, Simply Stogies just released an episode uh, today, which is March 22nd, guest hosting Aaron from the podcast Drunkenomics, where they talk a lot about the coronavirus, uh, its impact on the global, national, and local economies, how it impacts areas where tobacco is the primary source of income, and what the post-COVID-19 economy might look like, how fast everyone's going to bounce back. So I urge you to give them a listen. So what have you guys been playing this week? Well, I've been playing a wonderful new review game and uh, Borderlands 3 with the wife. I love watching her getting frustrated trying to blast off these guys like pew pew. Uh, I've been I've been also playing the game that we're reviewing and I've also been playing a little bit. Of, it's not necessarily a video game, but I've been playing a tabletop RPG called Pathfinder 2nd Edition with some friends. Ooh, you must invite me later, my friend. Well, maybe. If you guys were friends. <laughs> we're the best friend. <laughs> what about you, Jason? Um, This week I've been playing State of Decay 3 with you guys. Uh, it's been pretty fun. And then I've also been playing Simpsons Tapped Out, like I do every day. Of course. Did you say State of Decay 3? Yeah, yeah I, I heard that, that too. No, I'm State like... <laughs> Uh, no, that was a it's football. Okay, State, of de- State of Decay 2. Sorry. Yeah, I've been playing the wrong game. Yeah, it it like, feels oh, kind of like way a, behind a State on this of review. Decay 3 because of the, the updates that they put into it. So, Yeah. yeah. I've also spent the entire week playing State of Decay 2. So it's been a blast. Yeah, I've liked it. It's been legit. Yeah. Just like the new new <coughs> article coming up. Sorry. Coronavirus. <laughs> oh, she's giving it to us. Run, listeners, run. 
Yeah, because you can catch it. Luckily, I don't think there's too much coronavirus news going around this week. So, yeah. yeah. What world are you living on? Uh, I mean, at, at least in, in, in regards to you know what we found. He lives in North Dakota, eh? It's South Dakota, but close enough. Oh yeah, my geography was always terrible. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> so don't uh, trust me with the map, Caden. If it's America, I will fail. <laughs> I t- Tis the American way. Huzzah! But such as the American way. Um, you know, uh, I think we should get into what has been, you know, kind of a funny story going around. Uh, part of the news. Dun, 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 dun. GameStop is being closing all stores as of March the 22nd. Now, listeners, if you heard from our previous recordings, it's been, uh, I mean, in my opinion, kind of hilarious. They've been claiming that they have been, uh, what was it, Caden? Essential retailers? Yeah, they, they were claiming that they were essential, uh, I believe some sources were saying, because they would are providers of mice and keyboards um, and other sources just saying that you know they were claiming to be an essential resource that needs to be that needs to continue. Yeah, I mean that's I mean it's just it's like they're trying. They really are, and I can appreciate that in this time of crises. But as of the new uh, announcement that they sent out, basically, it's going to be curbside. You're not going to be able to get in. And that in accordance with the state and local orders, oh, yes, they've been ordered to do this. They're going to stop all processing uh, on a digital, and they're going to be doing it on a digital-only basis. Uh, basically, uh, George Sherman, the uh, CEO of GameStop, quote, this is an unprecedented time, and each day brings new information about the COVID-19 pandemic, and that our priority has been and continues to be on the well-being of our employees, customers, and business partners. Basically, they understand, so they're just they're trying to play nice and be like, yeah, you know, we're, we're actually going to have to close. We're apparently uh, not essential retailers as we once thought. Yeah, but it's they should have closed down a while ago. They um, really should have. <laughs> I mean, so it's I understand that you know back in the you know back before it was a pandemic, you know, we were kind of going talking about how it may have been overreaction that so many businesses are closing, but now that, you know, there are state and local orders stating that businesses need to stop, you know, stop hosting, you know, groups of, you know, 20 people or more, they're them staying open just is an unnecessary risk. I mean, in my opinion. Jason, what do you say? Oh yeah, I mean they're they're not essential. There's there's <laughs> no <laughs> nothing in, in a GameStop that is essential for life. Um, really, I, I'm life. not sure why their their stores are open even without a pandemic. <laughs> they were holding out until the new, the next gen consoles came out, though. Oh no, yeah. I re- I remember that. I still don't know why they're still open because the next gen consoles aren't going to save them. <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because everyone has something called the internet. Yeah, and Amazon's a thing. Well, I will say every console I've bought, I believe, has been from a GameStop. Well, I mean that's that's good, Caden. You're supporting your local businesses. <laughs> we congratulate you with this award for a local supporter of GameStop in South Dakota. I mean that was before I realized that GameStop's a ripoff. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, when did you just find out? I'm curious. Um, it was probably after I sold a giant stack of GameStop games and PlayStation Two games that I now regret selling. Oh, you I poor cut, I sold it for like a dollar fifty. <laughs> oh my god! You must have been hurting for I, money, holy. Like, yeah, I was about to say, like, how many games? I, did I, you... I need I need to cover the tax on a on a new game. So I, I think I recently got my PS3, and I was like, oh, I want this new game. Oh, I just need some money to cover the tax. And yeah. I was, well, I was a, I was a, <laughs> I was a prominent figure of the trade-in to get store credit to go buy new games, and yeah, it's okay, Caden. We don't blame you <laughs> because you're young, and I probably would have done the same at your age because then before <laughs> the internet was not quite readily available. I like for how me. you talk to him like he's like he's just some right. <laughs> I mean, get, get this back when I was like. 10, 11 years old, I think. You'll know Somewhere out there. Your age. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're just old man Austin now. Am I old man? Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. The ages of time deplore upon me. Only one more video you're game. You're more susceptible to getting the corona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, low blow. But before we get to that... Um, well, so <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, speaking of regrets and mistakes... um. Bethesda accidentally left a DRM-free executable in their files for Doom Eternal. Ooh, someone's in trouble. For those of us who have no idea what that means. So a, a DRM-free copy of something is basically one that's not copy protected. So you can take you can you can take that file, the files associated with it, and basically put it on other devices without having any red flags pop up. So basically a uh, pirate, right? Like yeah. R yeah. swagger me booty. Yeah, you can think of it like a pirate. <laughs> There are some games that uh, have fail-safes implemented uh, with this. So, like, if they detect that you're using a DRM-free DRM copy, uh, adverse things will happen. Like, I know Game Corp, one of the Game Corps, uh, if you're playing with a pirated version of the game, uh, you actually have your game company uh, basically be uh, shut down because everyone's pirating your game. And that doesn't happen in the non-pirated version. But uh, but anyways, the so the way they did this was they opened the main game folder, and in there is a uh, 369 megabyte executable for Doom Eternal, and it's the it has the DRM on it on it. Uh, but if you go into the Doom Eternal folder and then into original, you'll find a smaller executable that has the exact same name. Uh, this executable is about 667 megabytes in size. Uh, you copy that executable into the main folder that overwrites the copy-protected version of the executable, and you now have a DRM-free game. And that's how you pirate video games. <laughs> quit so, swaggering it, me jiggy. So keep Wrong. mind, pirate old yeah. man. So so keep <laughs> mind, not all games. It most games should not include a DRM-free um, executable in their files. Um, Bethesda did. Uh, update their Bethesda.net version of the game to remove the DRM-free executable, but as we all know, as your purveyors of the internet, uh, once someone gets a hand on something, it usually cycles pretty quickly. Fly free, my free bird of doom. Fly free. Uh, and yeah, some some people have experienced, uh, you know, kind of some issues in performance with the DRM-free version. Um, 
But beyond that, it doesn't seem like there's really any difference between the two. And this actually isn't the first time this has happened to a game on Bethesda's launcher. Uh, Rage 2 actually had a similar issue where there was a DM-free, DRM-free executable uh, in within the files. Oh, man. Uh, Bethesda, what's going on? Did something happen? Did the coronavirus upset you? <laughs> they must be I mean, Rage, <laughs> I mean, Rage 2 came out before the coronavirus was even a thing. Well, when, when did Rage 2 come out? When that issue happened? Uh, last year. What was happening last year? I'm trying to think. Was it like March? General timeline. March does happen every year, yes, Austin. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does happen each year. My God, I've got it! So, yeah, Rage 2 <laughs> came out May 14th of 2019. Oh, so it was also a March issue. Bethesda, you should really look into this. May, May 19th is when Rage 2 came out. March is when this game came out, March 20th. Kind so of a couple months linked off. linked to months that start with an M. Yeah. Yes. Um, like, there's got to be some <laughs> weird coincidence. Somebody fudged on the month of March. I mean, I know some computer systems, they have an issue. When, what, what? They don't have an issue with February? Because it's the only He month. said May. May. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Kat. We're all here together. We support each other. <laughs> yeah, um, I personally do not condone pirating games in any form or fashion. Um, I do not recommend you attempt to pirate games, but this is Unless definitely... you want to go to jail. Right. Ah, you'll just get an angry letter. Um, but yeah, it's... This is definitely a big mess up on Bethesda's part, and I don't know what's happened to this company, because... From what I remember, you know, back as a young gamer, they, they used to be a really good company, put out some pretty good stuff, and they've just been on a downhill slide ever since, you know, Fallout 4. You know who else is on a downhill slide? <laughs> Let the fire Tell me, rage. Kat, who is on a downhill slide? Twitch streamer Casey Tron. She was indefinitely suspended over some comments she made about the coronavirus while streaming. Oh, yeah. another streaming <clears throat> issue. Another streaming issue. Uh, Makes me nervous for me, you know, <laughs> in my odd streams. So she was <laughs> chatting with another user on uh, stream when she was asked a question and she made a joke that you know, people took the wrong way or that she said the wrong way. Um, we would leave quarantine and we would try to spread it as much as possible because the world would be a better place without old and poor people. Oh, damn. Yeah. Like... And, oh. and, and to put in context, the, the question that she was asked was if she would kiss someone who had the coronavirus disease, uh, also known as COVID-19. Yeah, but it's like, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, I would totally spread it, brah. Like, that's one thing, but then to mention, you know, the world would be a better place without old and poor people. I mean... Yeah, that's the part that got her banned. I, I'd be the same way. I'd be like, look, dog, you can talk smack all you want, but once you mention, like, it's a better world without a specific people, that's when it's like, whoa, you need to, like, check your shaz, man. Like, you got, you got to, like, redo your stuff, dude. Like, not good. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just... I mean, we had a similar example a week or two ago. I mean, it's just people being stupid online. And I'm, it, it, I'm guessing that she was a fairly prominent streamer. Uh, so, Kat, I think you're fine. Um, 
Ouch. No, I'm low just blow. like a burn, Caden. Good job. No, Good no, job. I'm just saying that, you know, <laughs> no, these right. are probably streamers right. with, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, of viewers. Compared to the hundred I reached this weekend. <laughs> Caden, yeah. you're just digging a no, deeper I'm, hole. No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not you know bashing her or anything i'm just saying that these seem to be people who have a large audience which means they can potentially influence thousands if not tens of thousands of people um actually cat how many influencers uh did casey tron have out of curiosity she had reached more than two hundred thousand. um oh no wait that's the wrong number coronavirus numbers huge um i didn't see it in here yeah, because I'm like... I don't believe it mentions. It didn't. Oh. I saw that number, and I'm like, oh, yes, that number. No, that's coronavirus <laughs> no, like, numbers. Man, that's a huge Not Casey Tron numbers. Well, I guess we'll have to figure that out probably later. But it's still not right. Uh, if you're live streaming, you really have to be you know, conscious of what you put out there. You know, It's one thing to talk about what you would do in regards to a pandemic, but it's another to talk about what you would do to other people. And that's just not right. Don't, never do that, listeners. But Jason, Jason do thoughts? you recommend kissing strangers? <laughs> um, yeah, I go around deep Frenching everybody to build up my immunity. So <laughs> way to Smart. go. Doing doing your duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, deep kiss deep kissing strangers is is one of my hobbies. Hmm. Delicious. Hey, you had mint earlier? Yes, I did have mint with a chocolate. I mean, it's working for you so far because you're still alive. That's true. So I yeah. am. Yeah. But no, yeah, I don't something. I don't condone, you know, going out and trying to harm people or or groups of people. Yeah, no, that's that's or bad. even I mean yeah. I mean I understand that it it was probably a very distasteful joke, but I think with you know with with the world the state is now where this is still a very serious issue, I don't think that was in any means appropriate. You know, joking or not. Yeah. See the whole the whole kissing thing, I didn't really care. Oh, I was about I was fine much. with the kissing thing. Yeah, it's it's the it's the the Yeah, it's it's the I, yeah, it, it's it's the I the world would be a better place without old and poor people is is what does it for me. That was the kicker. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and uh, did she say anything about? And, and her? Jason doesn't discriminate; he kisses old and poor people. That's right. He kisses I deep everyone. French anybody. There you go, <laughs> listeners. If you're looking for oh. Jason on the run, just look out for him and say, "Hey, you're the French guy." And what if they throw in a couple of nickels? Hey, I mean, <laughs> well, he gets paid. Get into that on this show. <laughs> 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 oh. Oh God! So got to keep your family fed in these hard times. You <laughs> yeah, know? you'll have to you'll have to listen to smoking and drinking in space to find out. <laughs> find that out, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll be listening. Sorry, that was me knocking over change on my desk. Good job, good job, Caden. So, quick, uh, quick question, Cat. Did uh, did the streamer say anything about her suspension? I'm kind of curious. Uh, she did. She shared the suspension on Twitter, adding that she doesn't condone hatred towards any person uh, and that it was a poor reflection of her character. Yeah, it sounds about I feel like bad for her. I, I don't. Do. I, really? Not, like, it's, it's a stream. Like, you, you know that it's going to reach people. You know it's recorded. 
and you know people are going to listen to it. And if they don't like what they hear, which, I mean, that's a serious violation of policies anyways to Twitch, if I remember right. Like, you know, like, hey. But what if you have the explicit tag on there? Like the ex- like explicit tag. Like it's explicit content. Well, that's w- that may be one thing, but it's still part of, what is it? Let me see. It was a breach of their community guidelines by engaging in hateful conduct and threats of violence against a person or group of people. She clearly pointed out like, hey, the world's a better place without old people. Like, I would go out and kiss anybody if it would help get rid of old people quicker. That's that's very specific. Uh, and uh, again, I, I understand that it was probably a joke. It was probably a very distasteful joke. And she probably doesn't actually feel that way. But I don't feel bad because if you're going to be on one of these platforms, you have to take responsibility for what you say. And if what you say gets you in trouble, you need to be willing to take responsibility for that and you know suffer the consequences. So what I've learned from this article is that I won't last long on Twitch. <laughs> You'll probably be fine. I think it's, you should be fine, Kat. Just got to watch out for them, like, yeah. just specific contest. Anyways, point is, just don't do it, listeners. Don't don't ever put out trash that's going to come back and dump on you. Like, that's, that's just what it is. Anyways... Back. Advice from the old man. But <laughs> I am indeed wise. That's not what I said. Jason, do you have any comments or any final thoughts? Nope. Nope. Right. Okay, that was <laughs> sweet and simple. I like it. So are we ready to get into this thrilling game review? Yes. Listeners. I think... I think Jason should take it over. I do oh, too. you're going to let oh, me yeah. take it over. Wow. Yes. Yeah, we want to hear your voice. We've missed you. Oh, we want to hear yeah, the silence. you guys too. Long. Thanks. That fills me <laughs> so full of joy. I can't tell you. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about State of Decay 2. Make sure I say 2 this time and not 3. <laughs> uh, Juggernaut <laughs> Edition. So the original State of Decay 2 was released May 22nd, 2018. Uh, the developers Undead Labs... The publisher is Xbox Game Studios. Now, before last year, Undead Labs was a, an indie developer. Uh, they were a small uh, indie house. Uh, they developed the first State of Decay uh, back in 2013, and then this was their their follow-up that uh, came out in 2018. Now, since last year, Microsoft has now bought them, and they are now part of uh, Xbox Game Studios, so uh, they're they're now under the big Microsoft umbrella. So they have a, a, a much bigger budget now. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with State of Decay Three. Please don't be an MMO. Please don't be an MMO. Please <laughs> don't be an MMO. So you're a big you know fan how sometimes you know how when you stand in front of the mirror and you say Bloody Mary three times, she comes and you just cursed it. Oh, no, <laughs> when you sing the now. Baby Yoda song three times in, in a dark room in front of the mirror and evil Baby Yoda jumps out of the mirror and eats your face and drinks your tears. Yes, what a trip. Yeah. I have not heard that. <laughs> oh, you don't listen it's... to Smoking and Drinking in Space Doc. Ah, uh, you should. I you should. Definitely should. <laughs> it's a sci-fi podcast by a couple guys who think they love sci-fi. 
Ooh, I wonder if I can join them for a sci-fi session. Session. I don't session. think he got the reference. <laughs> Probably not, but we shall move forward anyways. <laughs> oh god. So I mean the so the, I mean the general synopsis of the game is that you I mean you're a team of survivors in post-apocalyptic uh zombie overrun you know, setting. Um, you're you're tasked with building a community and you know managing your ba your resources, um, keeping everyone trying to keep morale up, trying to keep food stock, materials stocked, medical supplies, all that fun stuff. Um, there are many, many, many hordes, almost never ending, uh, hordes of zombies and also known as the you know, plague zombies, which have the glowing red eyes. And yeah, you're. I mean, it's just a it's a zombie survival game. You go survive. You, you, you're surviving the zombie apocalypse. You're building your base. You're recruiting new followers, killing zombies, uh, and you're slowly advancing the plot as you do that. I think it's hard to give a synopsis of this game because there are so many aspects to it. There really is. I mean, for instance, you know, uh, one of the huge deals about this game is about uh, the specific type of leader that you pick. So, uh, for instance, you know, you could be a warlord. And the type of gameplay in regards to your leader can really change the outcast of like maintaining your resources versus how you communicate with other uh, NPCs in the game, like the characters you collect for your community. I mean, it's intense. Like, my God, for me, I personally like the builder. It's like you just build up a huge self-defense, but you have your own self-reliance versus the warlord, which is like, hey, we're going to like kill out any outside threats any outside threat and you're like man that's dark <laughs> well and, and each of your leaders also give you uh some perks and and special build, buildings so uh the the builder uh leader gives you access to uh, uh oh my gosh i forgot what the builder gives you access to but the sheriff gives you access to a, a special lounge uh, the warlord gives you access to an armory. Um, the trader gives you access to uh, your 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 uh, a special trade building that that you can call um, outside traders onto your map, and they'll come to your base and, and trade with you. Uh, that's a really good source of rucksacks. And depending on which uh, leader you finish the game with. Uh, you survive and, and finish the final mission with. You also get perks for your next game. So uh, if you finish with the builder, uh, you get the you get free water and uh, power for your base without having to spend any gas or, or build any special um, build any special buildings for that. Uh, the the warlord will give you a cache of weapons uh, immediately whenever you set up your first base. Uh, the sheriff, you get some uh, rare items, well, semi-rare items uh, once a day from other people who you've helped out. And then um, the the trader, you get, I think it's 4,000 influence at the beginning of the map. And then a, a trader comes and talks to you at the very beginning. So that's helpful to, to really ramp up your base whenever you first start. 
Yeah, see, I've been playing all week, and I didn't even know that. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> I am in the same boat with Kat, unfortunately. Also, because my computer was stupid, but got a new one. So, yes. That would have been good to know a week ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you have to play through, and you actually have to um, go through the final mission before you get any of those perks. But once you do nominate a leader... Uh, you can build one of the special buildings that they they bring along. Yeah, I think I have to fire my leader. <laughs> you can do that. You'll take a slight morale hit for a little bit, but you can you can switch. Well, leaders. she's making the morale bad. We moved our base to an old brewery, and I didn't realize that she was a recovering alcoholic. Oh, so she's just bitter. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the other yeah. part of this game. You have to look at like their traits and personalities because it, it can I didn't change. think that would be a trait. It is. <laughs> Everything in yes, the game. Yes, alcoholism still exists, especially during the zombie that's, apocalypse. That's really oh, interesting. Yeah. I haven't even come, and I've been playing this game for like two years, and I haven't come across that trait. And it's really interesting that you chose, because there's only like one brewery in, in all the four maps. So she it's really interesting that you went to there. the brewery and you have a recovering <laughs> alcoholic in your community. That is, that is really interesting. Oh, that's awesome. It's just my luck. I just have a. Uh, I just have the. Like, what is his name? Collier. Collier. How you pronounce his name? He's the ex-military guy. He keeps picking fights with people, like putting his foot through drywall. And... Really? Like got anger issues. See, yeah. I have McDreamy. That yes, that is the character's name. McDreamy. And this guy is like nothing like that. He's like chill. He's like, yo, dog, let's bring you some supplies. Yo, dog, let me go and kill this flood of zombies for you. Hey, I got you that new Switch watch. Ha ha ha. Now, I so I personally think that this game suffers from you know what I what I like to call the Skyrim disease, where I personally uh, could care less about the story. <laughs> In fact, while I was playing with uh, Jason and Rob from Satis, um, I actually kind of forgot that there was a story because we were just running around and doing missions and throwing bloater grenades at each other. Well, and, and that's that's one of the complaints for the second version of the game is there really isn't an end-to-end story. Um, so your community is, is made up of randomly created or procedurally created uh, people. Uh, all of their traits are random. Um, all of their backstories are, are random based off of uh, a, a set number of backstories that they've written. So you may get a survivor who had a kid that they used to take to a Renaissance fair. Um, so you're looking for a mace that they bought at that Renaissance it's fair that your kid used to have. Um, you may have a character. Morale. Yeah. You may have a character that had an aunt who was a crazy prepper. And she has a whole bunch of, of cool stuff, and you're looking to see if she's still alive, and you take her stuff when she's not. But it's it's there's there's no end to end story for the game. You have kind of these generic stories for each type of leader that you have, but it's the same story that you play through for any leader that you promote to to that leadership position based off of their archetype, which is the the builder, the sheriff, the trader, or the warlord. Yeah, personally, what, what about what about you, Caden and Kat? What, which uh, leaders did you support? 
So the leader that I threw in there was a character called Hollywood, and he had the sheriff perk, uh, mainly just because that's yeah, the only leader that I had at the time. And I think I switched it over to I switched it over to someone else. I sadly cannot remember off the top of my head uh, what their perk was, but I did eventually switch on the sheriff. And hey, mine's name is Cricket, and she's an alcoholic. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Cricket. Hi, Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to have so much fun with this. <laughs> so I don't know what her actual type was, because I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> it's okay, Kat. The listeners forgive you. Yeah, so there's so unlike the last game we reviewed where there was pl- practically no tutorial, um, this one actually yeah. gives you a fairly in-depth t- tutorial. It oh yeah, that makes it starts, so much sweeter. Yeah, it's 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 nice and refreshing after you know playing a game that just kind of threw you into the fray. I came into this game not ever playing uh, the State of Decay games before, so the tutorial was really helpful, and and it did prepare me for what kind of to expect it didn't cover everything but i don't think it can with a tutorial so but it was really helpful and made it less stressful oh yeah the walk through the you know the explicit directions and you know you can even pull it up in the menu uh the how to play and you can look at the same stuff that they provide and it's it's relatively simple and, you know and that's what makes it really nice it's not like well you have to do this in order to specifically do that it's like hey man that's what resources are for. This is, you know, how you uh, go get new territories or switch homes, right? It's very in-depth. And I think that, you know, a lot of people who get the new enhanced version, the juggernaut version, they're really going to enjoy it. Yeah. You also have, um, you know, you, you have freedom freedom to design your base kind of how you like. Uh, there are things that you definitely are going to need. Like you're going to need bunks uh, for your people to sleep and rest in. You're going to need uh, an infirmary. And, um, and that's the thing. It's like so it's very realistic from yes. where I'm from. It's like, look, you know, this is how you're going to survive. If like if the apocalypse did actually happen, the things that you would have to do actually apply to the game. You need, you know, basic utilities. You need power, water, um, you know, ammo, guns. You need people for a community or trading, you know, or like, uh, for instance, so I believe one of the items was like sporks, an unopened bag of sporks is considered a luxury in the game just like you would in real life and it's like oh my gosh nobody makes sporks no more because everyone's dead <laughs> that's that kind of comment's gonna get you banned <laughs> oh no <laughs> forgive me listeners everyone's dead in the video game everyone is dead oh anyways <laughs> <clears throat> So yeah, the the base part wasn't well explained in the tutorial. I watch a lot of YouTube videos to kind of help walk me through some of the stuff in the video games to prepare me. Otherwise, I'm just going to do bad. <laughs> um like real bad. So, the, but all the vi- or YouTube videos don't really explain the design of the base and what's important, what you should get, what this means, what that means. Well, I mean, that's also based off your personal taste, isn't it? Like, hey, man, you know, I'd rather have a watchtower versus a garden, right? I would rather have, you know, an infirmary than a workshop. I mean, those are very essential. Yeah. 
I had both. Yeah, it, I <laughs> mean, you do have a lot of flexibility in your base design. Um, outposts help with that because if you don't build a building like a garden that provides food um, or a hydroponics, which is kind of an advanced version of the garlic that provide garlic uh, garden that provides <laughs> uh, food or medicine, um, you can make outposts that provide those uh, resources for you. Uh, you can take over a fast food restaurant and that'll provide a food resource for you once per day. Or you can take over a pharmacy as an outpost and that'll provide medicine. So that that frees you up possibly for um, building a, a different building like maybe you want a gym instead of three hydroponics. You only want two hydroponics and a gym. Uh, you can create outposts uh, to help offset that that resource. You can also just mine for rucksacks. Um, you know, explore yep. buildings and and find rucksacks to deposit into your your storage, um, and that's another way to offset uh, the resources that you consume per day uh, that you don't want to build buildings to replenish. Yeah. Very well put. Very well put, Jason. Uh, you could also drive cars around to load up the rucksacks on too so you're not having to you know go back and forth on foot and uh what are the rucksacks caden so the rucksacks basically these bags of a certain resource um either food fuel materials ammo um you know medical supplies and they're basically what your what your base uses to keep it going uh when you start running low on something that's when you want to fill a rucksack full of these supplies in there and because basically, when you run out of those supplies, you're you're going to start taking a hit in morale and possibly even other adverse effects. Um, but you also need to be careful not to put too much in there, or else, you know, like for instance, if you put too much food in your storage, uh, some of your food will go back because there's too much of it in there. Yeah, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, we all did. That was pretty bad. I started collecting like food, and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm gonna have so much food. These guys are gonna be awesome. And then it's like, no. Like literally, maybe like five ten minutes later, someone is complaining. Oh God! And then you're just like, stop it. You seem to have a real trouble with morale. <laughs> maybe. Well, I mean, you did join my game session, Cat and Jason. So I mean, you guys probably saw what my. Hey, specifics. I was improving morale by throwing uh, bloater gas grenades and flashbangs. So I did oh, my part. <laughs> you initiate you you initiate them the same way you did me. Yes. And me. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm not alone on this. Thank you, guys. Yes. You are all alone though in the morale thing. Uh yeah. You have <laughs> <laughs> your morale was awful. <laughs> Well, Ouch. it's so hard to like keep track of everything. One guy's like, "We don't have enough storage," and then another guy's like, "We don't got any water." And I'm like, "Back off!" I'm trying. I'm like going out one at a time. Ugh, I, I really had a bad morale issue, listeners. It was just, it's terrible. Yeah. So you have access to multiple different types of melee weapons and firearms. Um, the melee weapons can range from light, you know, knives that are really quick and can deal you know, lethal damage and can possibly dismember an enemy, uh, to heavy, blunt weapons that, you know, eat up a, a lot of your stamina, but can usually bring a zombie down in a couple of hits. Uh, in terms of guns, you have 
pistols, rifles, SMGs, shotguns, flamethrowers. Uh, well, you can get flamethrowers. No, flamethrowers. There's no flamethrowers. No flame oh well, what were you using? So the, I was using the um, play cart. <laughs> I was using a, a special firecracker gun from the Independence Day pack that came out the first year. <laughs> that now everybody has access to. It used to be uh, paid DLC, um, but now yeah, everybody so has it. Um, it's called oh, what is it called? I can't remember what it's called, but it's a it's a forty like shot it. firecracker gun that that shoots fireworks. Yes, kind of like a flamethrower, <laughs> not really. Yeah, no, so. it'd be more like a mortar. It's it's basically a. Nerf looking gun that shoots Roman candles over and over again. <laughs> oh, well, there you it's go. It's Nerf for nothing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but wait, what was your favorite weapon, Cat? I have to ask, like, to kill, to bring down the zombies. My favorite melee weapon or gun? Uh, either or. Uh, well, my favorite melee weapon was probably, I liked the bat, like the metal bat. Because you can actually like hit more than one zombie at a time with those. And when you're doing a like, big horde, it makes a difference. Um, you hit them a couple more times, but it'll knock more than one back at a time, which was nice. Oh, so like a knockback ability type of situation. I didn't really pay much attention to that. It's just what I noticed when fighting with them. So maybe. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, if you look at the, when you're selecting a weapon, it gives you like certain advantages. Oh, I know. Right. But I just never pay attention. <laughs> Okay. Well, um which is why I ended up with an alcoholic. Oh yeah. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. That kind of ties together in the in the whole not listening or well, my favorite gun was the AR fifteen. That well, one was fun. I bet that was like I figured. Honestly, I think the machete. I was like, yeah, swing, swing, ha ha ha. Ah, uh, so much fun. What about you guys? Um, I I think my favorite melee weapon was probably the breaching hammer. Because it just it took two or three hits maybe to bring a zombie down and they could move on to the next one and it didn't really take up too much stamina. Uh, it was it was nice. And then my favorite firearm? Oh probably one of the bolt action rifles. I can't remember off the, off the top of my head, but just I I had a like three or four of them that I just kind of cycle through depending on the character. And what about you, Jason? What was your favorite weapons? Uh, so well, we know what his favorite gun was, <laughs> right? <laughs> I used that to kill plague hearts. It, it's really, really effective to kill plague hearts, and that's the only time I use yeah. that weapon. But no, my my favorite uh, my favorite firearm is the Preppers twenty two. It's a semi-automatic 22 rifle with a drum clip and a scope so uh, it's got mm. zoom in capability it's light it's got like a 50 round drum clip on it so you don't have to load all that Jeez. often and uh, yeah, you're just like 22 caliber bullets are plenty large enough to take out a zombie in a single shot with a headshot so um I wouldn't recommend going up against a juggernaut or anything with that thing because you're going to expend a ton of ammunition taking that thing down. Uh, but for regular zombies and other freaks, yeah, it's 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 perfect for that because it's, it's light. It's got a, a high ammo capacity, so you're not having to load a lot. Um, it does break, so you do have to, to keep uh, repairing it, but 
it, it's it's one that I carry around and it suppresses well. So the uh, melee weapon that I enjoy the most is probably the rebar sword um, because <laughs> it's got a high durability and uh, a high dismemberment. So you can you can chop legs and arms off really really quickly and kind of neutralize zombies that way. So you can mow through a horde pretty easily, um, especially if your character has the sword play specialization. That's uh, so yeah, uh, the preppers twenty two and the and the rebar sword I, I typically put on my my combat heavy survivors that I take out a lot. Nice. And uh, speaking of, because you mentioned earlier juggernauts and freaks, uh, there are actually different types of zombies. So you don't have just you know your regular walkers that are super slow and only run when they want to. Uh, you have what are known as freaks, and these I believe come in you know four, three or four forms. There's juggernaut, fair. There's juggernauts, which are these big hulky ones that take a lot of hits to kill and can really mess you up. There's oh, bloaters that explode whenever you come near them, um, that release a gas that makes you cough and destroys your vehicles, and you can make bombs in two to throw at your friends. <laughs> Looking at you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> There's ferals, which are really quick, really dodgy zombies that chase you down. Um, I mean, they, it takes one hit to kill them, but you, it's their hard to hit. But it takes one, one hit, hit to kill one them. You're shot. thinking of a screamer, Caden. A screamer takes one hit because he's the I, one you're trying to take out before he calls the horde f- i know but, but i thought you could take a feral out with a hair with a, just a single headshot why yeah well yeah if you get it oh, yeah. Well, yeah if he's like moving or like he's really quick like yeah. just get good okay <laughs> just get good <laughs> If I could do it, you can do it. <laughs> Anything I can do, you can do better. <laughs> How many times did you guys die? Uh, zero. Zero. I mm. haven't lost I a survivor in probably close to a year. And the last two survivors that I lost were totally my fault. <laughs> totally my fault. I, I was being absolutely <laughs> stupid. So um, about a year ago, they introduced two new levels so uh when the game first out there was just one difficulty it was the standard difficulty Uh, about a year ago they they introduced the dread zone and the nightmare zone so i was playing a dread zone run through and i was taking out a plague heart and this was before i started using the uh the firework weapon for plague heart so i had i think i had an ak which is a 762 and I normally use pipe bombs and uh, fuel bombs to take out plague hearts. So I was on a plague heart run, and there was a plague heart on the map that I couldn't find. It was on the very edge of the map. I finally found it in an old barn, and I only had one Molotov left or one uh, uh, fuel bomb left. But I had plenty of AK ammunition, or so I thought. So I throw the fuel bomb, and I miss. I miss because I'm standing on top of my car because there's a bunch of blood plague zombies around me. (laughs) So I shoot all the blood plague zombies around me to get rid of them. And then I go up and I start meleeing the the plague heart because I was running out of bullets because I had to shoot all the blood plague zombies around me. Um, 
unfortunately, I missed a dodge whenever the, the Plague Heart, uh, at certain levels, the Plague Heart will release this red mist that damages you and then calls a bunch of other plague zombies to protect it. And I missed the dodge back whenever it did that. So I got, um, I got hit by the mist. So I was taking damage and then my dude gets exhausted. Oh no. And so any kind of uh, (laughs) stressful actions you take, like running away or dodging or anything like that starts to eat away at your endurance or your stamina. And then there were a bunch of plague zombies around me. So I wasn't really able to dodge out of the way. I couldn't really fight back. And I used up all the rest of my ammunition trying to get out of there, but it wasn't enough. They overwhelmed me. My dude turned into a zombie, and he was one of my better combat uh, survivors oh, on that on no. that playthrough. That's terrible. His name was Nico. I remember his name because I used to. He was he was one of my original characters from whenever I first started uh, playing the game. I had him for over a year, and I lost him like that. And it was totally my fault. I shouldn't have pushed a bad situation, and I I got overconfident, and Dread Zone killed me. It's okay. Rest in peace, Nico. Well, I'll remember Nico. His name was Nico. His day was Deco. Now, I, I think we should move on to the aspect I am have been you know looking forward to kind of talking to, and I I want to ask on your opinion, Jason, because you have more experience with this game or not, or than us. Um, Glitches and bugs. <laughs> There's plenty. If you enjoy glitches and bugs, then you will definitely enjoy this game. Um, they've actually fixed quite a bit of it, but there there are still some long-standing uh, glitches and bugs. Uh, one of which is uh, a networking glitch that you're going to find. Um, you you you'll get dropped whenever you play multiplayer because it's a peer-to-peer multiplayer mode. There's no central server. Uh, So depending upon the host and the internet connections to that host, sometimes the game packets don't get to where they need to go fast enough and you get a code three error or a code four error, one of the, one of the two, and you drop from, from the host. Uh, That's a, that's a networking issue that's been in the game since way back when. Uh, At one point it was a real, real problem. Um, in fact, Rob and I were unable to play for almost two months because about Jeez. every 10 minutes we'd get a Code 3 error. Um, but they fixed that. Oh. Uh, the Code 3 errors are really few and far between at this point if you have a decently solid internet connection. Uh, it mostly happens whenever you're ripping down the road um, in a car and a bunch of assets are drawing really quickly. Um, Other glitches that are multiplayer specific are invisible zombies. Uh, If you're a client. (laughs) That was really hilarious. Just watching Jason going around. I'm being die. I'm dying. Oh, no, I wasn't going to die. I mean, I've I've come across that glitch enough that I know how to how to get get around it. But if you're a client connecting to a host, um, every once in a while, you'll you'll just start getting attacked and you'll start taking damage. There's nothing around, but there is one. There's a zombie there. You just can't see it. Only the host can see mm-hmm. it because it's only rendering in their instance. You can't fight it. I just 
You can't see it. You can't throw fire to kill it. It doesn't exist in your client so game. Hilarious. Dread it. Run from yeah. it. So, right. so the zombie went like towards the zombie, and I'm like, "What are you so doing, your Jason? Your best bet Just is to it. dodge away from it and then climb up on a car, and then tell the host, "Hey, come kill this in- invisible zombie." <laughs> I was just like, what's happening here? It was it's, it's so sometimes. then yesterday when we were playing and I was just attacking the air, hoping not to. I know. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> You're like the wrong area for the zombie. I'm like, this it's sometimes it's, no, I was in the right area for the zombie because that's where he got attacked. But I didn't realize I couldn't attack it. Yep. <laughs> it, well, it's sometimes it's fun after the person has been you know throwing stuff at you the entire time to just kind of sit there, let them squirm a little bit before you kill it. Yeah, yeah, that's fun too. Some, <laughs> I mean, when we first came across this, um, I think I was the host, and <laughs> I just watched Rob struggle with the zombie. I was like, "Why aren't you killing this thing? Killing what? Something's hitting me." And that's when we realized that you know, they were invisible zombies. Come on, man, it's right there. So I used to, I used to grief him, and then he started griefing me, and then we, we, we agreed that we wouldn't grief each other with invisible zombies anymore. <laughs> uh, and then there's also the fun glitches of you know vans not wanting to render while put in parking mm-hmm. spots, and you know kind of spasming, and yeah, it's there, there are there are bugs galore. Um, I. Besides the code three error and sometimes the you know the invisible zombie thing, I don't really think it you know kind of takes away too much from the gameplay. Um, no, I think in multiplayer especially it makes it kind of fun. <laughs> oh no, especially when you're just <laughs> like, come help me, or when you regenerate. That was hilarious. They're definitely annoying, um, but you can work around them. I mean, with the code three error, it, it doesn't happen very often. You just reconnect to the host. Uh, you tether straight to them, so and then you move on. Um, with the invisible zombies, you just get to a place where the zombie can't get you, and the host can kill it, and then you just move on. See, I didn't realize. Just climb up on something. <laughs> I remember that. That's a that's a pro tip. If you ever get overwhelmed, find a car. <laughs> now, what is the what is the get me unstuck command? Because I've never had to so, use this. So, I got stuck. In my vehicle on a rock where n- neither neither not one of my four wheels were touching the ground at all it was just resting on a rock right in the middle and no matter how hard i tried i couldn't move it tried pushing it nothing tried shooting it with a gun nothing there's a get me unstuck command where basically you just sit there and wait and it'll reload you somewhere where it had saved previously which is really helpful because I could not get unstuck. Yeah, it's the <laughs> typical gamers like stick behind. But I mean, it has to be like a real problem if they made a button it for is. it. Hey, at least they addressed it. That's like a really oh, yeah. wonderful feature because like you're stuck up on a rock or you glitch somewhere and then it's like, hey, just remember, guys, there's a button for that. No more trying to jump. Oh, God, the many games I've had where I get behind a specific box somewhere and you're like, well... I've stuck and I can't uh, load my last save, so restart the game. Well, with this game having permadeath, it was a problem because in the early, early days before they had that button, you could get your character stuck on some of the geometry in the game and you couldn't get out. There was no way to, to get out. You had to exit the game and hope that your character would be back whenever you came back into the game. 
a lot of times it wasn't. Your character had died, and you just lost a character because you got stuck on geometry. So they, they introduced that. Um, if you do it while you're in a car, it'll use a little bit of extra fuel to move you. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it was a godsend whenever they, they introduced that feature, the, the get unstuck feature. They also introduced Hallelujah. a new feature for cars where um, if you have a car that's flipped and you can't get it unflipped, um, you just get out and you move to the, the hood area of the car and it should give you an option to use an action to flip it over. Super See, when you flipped over the vehicle yesterday, <laughs> um, it gave me the option, but I pressed it and it wouldn't work. Oh, was it red? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Sometimes if the car is, is wedged, um, it, it won't allow oh. you to. So, so really stay in the, if, if, if you're stuck in some rocks, um, don't drive on rocks because rocks aren't meant for driving, but rocks are fun. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if you get stuck on some rocks, stay in the car and, and use the unstuck feature. Because if you get out of the car and you can't get back in, then you probably just lost that car. Yeah. Luckily, though, we were playing multiplayer and we just waited to be tethered. Yep, that works too. Oh, yeah. And that's free. Oh, yeah. The yeah. tether feature was really nice. You know, if one person gets, I think it's just to the host, isn't it, that you're tethered to? Yeah. yeah. So the game only is, uh, the game will only render objects a certain distance from the host. So if any of the clients get that far away from the host or farther, it, the game will move you to the host, which is and I, cool in some aspects, but it also kind of sucks in others because if you want to go exploring without the host because they're chilling out at their base and not doing anything yet, you, you have a really limited range to do that with. I've also learned that um, climbing up ladders on, you know, for instance, on like a water tower um, does, in fact, shorten the tether line. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I found that out the hard way. <laughs> What's really fun is when you join a multiplayer game and they're already in a vehicle, but it doesn't put you in the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> well, the vehicle was full. There weren't any more seats. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here being loaded into the game and they're driving off, leaving me behind, and then it tethers me again and I wait at the loading screen. And then the same thing happens. And this this game is multiplayer up to four players, yes. yeah? Okay, cool. So I knew I knew we could do three and I wanted to say that it could be done yep, with four. You can do it with four. I haven't. Yeah, just Caden wasn't there. What were you doing, Caden? Uh, I was playing Pathfinder at that point. <laughs> uh... When you guys were all getting on. It was a real good time. Oh, yeah. Oh, I had yeah. fun with you guys. Um, it was a blast. I hope we get to do it again. Rob and I still play this game a lot after two years. He was the one that actually convinced me to get it. I was on the fence whenever it first came out. Thanks, Rob. So, yeah. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, I like this game. I'll probably keep playing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll. It's. I think this is definitely a game for like if you just want to chill out and play with some friends because you got a couple hours to kill. This would definitely be a game to pull out. Oh God, the community, the different aspects of the game. There's multiple different variables that it's you have to keep balanced. But honestly, that's what gives the, the gameplay that unique awesomeness. Is just hey. You 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 can do basically so much uh, 
gameplay in this, and it just is really nice. And how you have to prioritize, and it really keeps in realistically, uh, in regards to an actual post-apocalypse. Like that's what really sold me on this game. So I guess we're getting into the final opinions. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yes, uh, I have Quanto. What? I I don't understand what he just said. It's <laughs> neither do I. It's okay. We can just move forward with it. With uh, how about you, Cat? Do you want to start with your opinions? Sure. I loved the game. Didn't think I would, but I did. I've loved it better than any game that I've reviewed on this podcast so far. I like the complexity of it. I like all the parts that go into actually surviving the post-apocalyptic world, um, how you have to be strategic and plan your next move and think ahead about how it'll affect you and not only you, but your team. Um, and that you're not just going out and killing everything in sight. You have to actually plan. The weapons are fun and I did like the guns overall. I, I really, really did like this game and I am going to keep playing it. So I'd give it probably an eight and a half out of 10. Eight and a, wow. wow. I know. Like right. Yeah, that's a big number. What for about Kat? you, Jason? I, I know it's big number. <laughs> <laughs> the number eight and a half. Ah, ah, ah. So I really enjoyed it. What about the you, game. Jason? And I think the new updates that they made for the game in the Juggernaut Edition were much needed updates, and they've refreshed the game um, to give it some new life while they get hopefully State of Decay three going uh, in the next few years. Um. I love the new map. We've needed a new map for a while. The original three maps that we've been playing on, uh, they get stale. I mean, you you know all the nooks and crannies. You there's only so many different ways that you can you can play it. Um, you know, handicapping yourself to to make the game a little more um, a little more fun, a little more refreshed, uh, a little more interesting. Uh, the new map does that as well. So it's a new map to explore. <laughs> we'll be exploring it for the probably the next few months. Um, the the errors are workable. Uh, the glitches, I mean, we've, we've gotten around it. We've dealt with it this long. Um, it doesn't really take away that much from the enjoyment of the game. Uh, it's, it's a game that we'll probably play for quite a while. Um, into the future, at least for the next few months, until we explore the the map. Um, there is a there is a uh, Heartland DLC that came with a, a map of it, it, well, it's a it's a truncated map from the original game called Trumbull Valley. That that map has a lot of glitches. There's a lot of hidden geometry that will totally mess up your car if you drive over it. Um, but it's and it, and it's a story driven game. It's it's actually pretty fun. Definitely check that out. Uh, you you don't get to choose your survivors like you do in the regular game. It's there's a a set um, cast of survivors that you get to recruit from, um, and it's more story based. But it's still fun. So definitely check that out. We've played Heartland a couple times. Uh, there's also another Daybreak DLC that's basically a survive continuous zombie plagues that is utter trash that used to be how you farm prestige to get red talon um, equipment uh, the red talon equipment isn't worth 
grinding through daybreak. I hate daybreak. Hate daybreak. <laughs> hate it. Wish they'd never <laughs> spent time making it. But uh, there's some people that do like it, and they're wrong. Um, I, I I enjoy the game. Uh, despite its flaws, I'm gonna agree with Cat. It's about an eight and a half out of ten. Same Z's. That's not weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm the weird one here. <laughs> it's okay, Cat. We support you. I don't want your support. <clears throat> well, someone should. How about you, Caden? What do you think of this game? So, zombie survival games have always been kind of hit or miss for me. Um, I remember my friends tried to get me into uh, How to Survive 2. I just couldn't really get into it. And, you know, other zombie games like Dead Island Riptide and whatnot were just kind of okay. Uh, this one I really enjoyed, though. Um, there's a multitude of different side quests and bounties that keep you busy. And again, like, I didn't even think about the main objective that I still have, which is, like, to kill nine plague hearts. Um, I think that the base building and the crafting are done really well. Um, and just overall, I think the gameplay is pretty solid. Um, I do think that this is definitely a game that is more enjoyed with friends to play with. Um, if you don't have friends, please get some because I don't imagine this game would be as much fun with you know you just playing by yourself. If and you don't have friends, join the Discord channel and we'll play with you. Yes, of course. You know, Jason may even throw a couple bloater gas grenades at oh, you. Oh, definitely some flashbangs and maybe some bloater gas grenades. <laughs> um, and even though they fix planet bugs, you know, there are still uh, the bugs and glitches that we talked about earlier that can deter some players from it. But I personally don't think it's you know that big of an issue. Uh, so overall, I'll give it yep eight, eight and a half out of ten. Followers, followers. <laughs> what about you, Austin? What did you think? Uh, okay. So, honestly, this has been a pretty tough video game for me. I really suffer when it comes to balancing. So, you know, getting the, you know, the relationships to make it work with everybody. For me, I really, I'm like, man... They get really nitpicky. And then your morale drops, and you're like, why is my morale dropping? Because you have a troublemaker talking smack. And you're like, gosh darn it, I thought I talked to him about this. It gets really crazy. Um, but honestly, it makes it a lot more enjoyable. It makes it that much more tougher. That, mu that little bit of a challenge, it pushes you. And you're like, man, I want to do better. I want to get more of this. Um, the switching of the characters, you know, I didn't personally like. Uh, I understand that, na you know, human beings can't go 24 hours like a day. So they give you like, a, a, you know, that status of like, hey, this guy has fatigue. Hey, this guy is exhausted. And then you're being surrounded by hordes with just like the little bitty like stamina. And you're like, run. <laughs> nope, stop. Got to regain my stuff. Run. It was just, it was nuts. But with the way that it realistically portrays the zombie apocalypse, I mean, it's been really, it's kind of eye-opening. You're like, man, like human beings need food. Human beings need water. And you start to appreciate the levels of intricacy this gameplay really adds on to that, plus the relationships, the community hazards. Uh, and honestly, 
you can like do a lot in this game and make it hours upon hours of fun with the multiplayer. Really unique, really awesome. I would have to go above and beyond for this game, unlike some people, and actually give it a nine. You mean literally everyone else? <laughs> yes, for I am not a sheep in wool's clothing. So you're giving it a nine. That's really high praise. That's nothing new for Austin, though. What? <laughs> he gives them nine. He just throws nines and tens around. <laughs> not for one game, I don't. Not for one game. What then is that? <laughs> The worst uh, journey into the Savage Planet, I think. I think that oh. one was like a little bit lower for me. What, what did I score that? Was it like an it was like a six eight point nine? I think it was like a six. But no, the one game that I truly it's hate no taste. in all of like the world is Aragorn's Quest. <laughs> right, and that's what we're going to review next week. Oh God! No, no, no! Oh God! <laughs> oh God! It's like post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, I kind of want to review it now just to spite Austin. Oh, God. <laughs> it just makes me want to gag. The graphics, the plot. Ugh. Ugh. Well, maybe maybe it'll make you feel better if you you know, kind of go over what we will be doing next week. Oh, yeah. That probably maybe will make you feel better. Yeah. Thank you, Caden. So, listeners, <laughs> <laughs> next week we have Aaron from the podcast Drunkenomics joining us to talk about the coronavirus and the effects it is having on the gaming industry. If you'd like to join us, uh, go on Discord. You can access it through our website as well at badgamersanonymous.com. From all of us here at Bad Gamers Anonymous, Austin, Kat, Caden and Jason. You have yourself a good day. Thank you for listening to Bad Gamers Anonymous. Follow Bad Gamers Anonymous on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bad Gamers Anonymous podcast, on Instagram at Bad Gamers Anonymous, and on Twitter at, at Bad Gamers Anon. You can contact Bad Gamers Anonymous by emailing badgamerspodcast at gmail.com. Bad Gamers Anonymous is hosted by Kat and Austin, edited by Arturo Garcia, and produced by Jason Mixon and James Geem. <laughs>